Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! DFS, DJ Nation, what is up? What is happening? We are on to week nine. This slate looks a little bit better, I think, than what last week's slate did. At least, you know, you have Josh Allen on this slate up top. Um, you know, obviously no Patrick Mahomes. They play Sunday night. But uh, we do have six teams on by this week as well. So that's going to play a factor in some of the available options this week. There is some heavy chalk already coming in at the running back position. We'll talk about that. Maybe some possible leverage off of that. But... Uh, that being said, uh, you know, let's just go ahead and get right into it, not waste any time. So we go position by position here as we do every time. So let's start at the quarterback position. And starting things off, you have Josh Allen up top at 8,500. You have Kyler, or Kyler Murray at 7,400. Justin Herbert at 7,200. Tua at 6,700. And the rest of the 6K group is Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Or excuse me, not Aaron Rodgers. And Tom Brady wraps up the 6K group. So... I will say this. I think Josh Allen is probably going to be the most owned quarterback on the slate, and that's probably rightfully so. Uh, he, his his ceiling is so high that there's not many quarterbacks on this slate that have his type of ceiling um, on a week-to-week basis, but it is a, a more expensive stack if you're wanting to stack up uh, Stephon Diggs with him. But it does make sense because Stephon Diggs has 77 targets already this year. The next closest on their team has 35. His, his target share is so ridiculous, it makes it hard not to really want to play him. So anyways, Maddie, what are you doing this week? Are you going all in on Josh Allen or are you going to be looking at some other places? I actually probably will not end up on Josh Allen at all this week. As crazy as that sounds, uh, $8,500 for a QB on this slate just feels like overpaying for me. Uh, we'll talk about some running backs and receivers that are priced at the same price uh, that we we can get 35-ish points from, uh, which is what you're looking for at that price tag. Um, and there's QBs that are very, very, very cheap this week that I have heavy interest in two, two in particular. So I will not be paying up. I will actually be paying way, way down in the near 5k range. Okay. I think I have an idea of a couple of who those may be. Um, Walido, appreciate you with the $5 super chat Christmas hat. Kev is back. Yep. We busted it out of the, Weren't the you, when, didn't you wear that last night? I did. I did. We uh, I busted it out last night. Uh, every time, uh, you know, right after Halloween, we go ahead and uh, put it on because it's now Christmas season. You know, Thanksgiving's the advertiser. Okay, let's be real. So, anyways, uh, I think some of the other options here this week uh, at quarterback, Aaron Rodgers is damn interesting at fifty nine hundred dollars. I mean, that is super cheap for Aaron Rodgers. Now, don't get me wrong, not a lot of great pass catchers, but I do think he provides pretty great leverage. Pretty great leverage off of Aaron Jones. We know Aaron Jones is going to be uh, heavily owned uh, this week. And I think if you wanted to, I think you could play him with like a Romeo Dobbs, Robert Tanyan type stack. It is a very cheap stack to allow you to kind of pay up. 
And so I think Aaron Rodgers against Detroit, Detroit is just, just dreadful. It doesn't really matter against the uh, pass, against the run. It doesn't really matter. They're, they're just terrible this year. And so inside the dome, you know, Aaron Rodgers, but the problem with Aaron Rodgers is he hasn't done really dick all year. He has not had, he does not have one game all year where he scored over 20 DK points, but this could be the spot, you know, where he, they get right. They they actually, they're, I would say their offense actually didn't look too bad last week. I guess one of the better, uh, one of the better, if not the best defenses in the league last week against, against Buffalo. So Aaron Rodgers, I do think is a spot you could go to and and provides nice leverage off of, um, off of uh, Aaron Jones. who's going to be heavily owned. And then the other one I think is Trevor Lawrence against this Raiders defense. That is very bad. Uh, we know Travis Etienne is going to be uh, very, very highly owned because he's only $6,200. He has been fantastic. But if you want to get different and get some leverage off Travis Etienne, I think Trevor Lawrence is the other spot you could go with. He's $5,200. You're going against the Raiders. The Raiders' defense, has like, another defense, has been really bad uh, for, for most part this season. And so I think Trevor Lawrence at $5,200 uh, is a spot you could go to. And then Justin Fields at $5,300. Miami yep. is very bad against opposing uh, against opposing um, uh, quarterbacks on the season. Uh, they have really struggled to stop the pass. They've been really good against the run. And Justin Fields is kind of starting to come into his own here. Uh, he has actually uh, put almost uh, 20 straight DK points up, 26 last week, 24 the week before that, and then 19.4 against Washington. And we're seeing him run the ball a ton. Uh, he's had uh, 80 rushing or 60 or more rushing yards in three straight weeks. Um, he's seeing a lot of carries. They're getting him design runs. They've kind of went into the Lamar Jackson bag of tricks and, and just kind of uh, scheming him runs. And now they get Chase Claypool into this offense. And it sounds like Chase Claypool is going to play this week. I don't know how much, but he's definitely going to be involved in the offense this week. And that's just another weapon for Justin Fields to utilize against a secondary that has really struggled to stop anybody. So Justin Fields at $5,300, I think, is also uh, another another uh, play that I would be looking to make this week. Preach. Preach, preach, preach. Fields and Lawrence, those are my two guys this week. And just to cut, like, when I was looking through the slate, honestly, Lawrence is what, what first caught my eye because I was I was just going through the positions and seeing, you know, what kind of values we may have this week. And you have to scroll down a while before you get to these pass catchers on the Jags. I mean, Christian Kirk, who is a guy that sees a lot of targets, he's only 5,500. And Evan Ingram, who's a guy that's seeing a lot of targets, is very, very cheap, 3,300 or 3,200, whatever he is at tight end. And Marvin Jones and Zay Jones, those guys are 4,100 and 4,200. And so it's like, you can, and honestly, I think I think ETN's the best play on the slate. Um, and I think you just play him. And we've seen Chalk smash every week. So I'm just, I'm done just fading the best plays on the slate just because they're going to be 40 plus percent owned. Like that was me. I faded Pollard last week just because he was projecting for like 40, 40 to 45% ownership. And I was concerned that, you know, Dallas wouldn't necessarily give him 25 carries or, and, and the five to seven targets that everybody was thinking he was going to get. And he ended up just being insanely efficient because he's that good. And so when you get these really, really good players that get, you know, a boost in workload and, and are in good matchups, you just play them when they don't cost a lot of money. And that's ETN's the same exact play that Pollard was last week. So I think you just play ETN and just move on, especially with there's not many cheaper running backs below him that's worth playing this week. So, um, but I absolutely think you can play Lawrence with ETN uh, and just get the entire Jags offense because Lawrence is cheap enough and Lawrence has rushing upside 
not as much rushing, rushing upside as Fields does, but he does have rushing upside. And Lawrence's pass catchers are also very cheap. So, and Vegas agrees. Vegas has the Vegas, uh, the Las Vegas and Jacksonville game as like the second highest total of the week. They're at almost 49 points. Uh, so they're right up there with uh, the Green Bay Detroit game and I think Seattle, Arizona's up there. And I think there's one more that I'm missing off the top of my head. But um, yeah, th- that's absolutely a game to attack, especially with how bad the Raiders looked last week, uh, scoring zero points against the Saints. Nobody's going to want to play Josh Jacobs and nobody's going to want to play Devontae Adams. So it's a, that is a great game to just stack up if you are playing Lawrence. Uh, you know, play one one or both of Jacobs and Adams because I mean Jacobs and Adams make up the entire Raiders offense. So it's a one point spread, forty nine total. Uh, you can just absolutely load up that game, and the Jags are are absolutely free. So it, it, you can very easily fit in uh, the, the expensive Raiders guys going on the other side. And if that game shoots out, then um, you're sitting pretty because I, I would expect you know that game to be low owned compared to the others. Um, what has me hesitant on just loading up on that game though, is the Raiders tend to just be bad on these West to East coast games where they come travel East coast and play at these one o'clock kickoffs. It's like Derek Carr turns into a pumpkin in those games for whatever reason. But um, so that, that has me a little hesitant. Um, and we saw that same thing last week. And I know Devontae Adams was dealing with the flu, but he, I mean, he played the whole game. One, one catch for three yards is just not like, that's not a, something you can get. You should. That's not production you should get from a guy you're paying eighty six hundred for. I I would know because I played him. Um, <laughs> he was my he was my mini stack with with uh, Camara, who we called by the way uh, last week for absolute smash. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Justin Fields, and I think Justin Fields is probably where I'm going to end up landing. And I know you brought up the uh, DK points per game over the last two for him. Look at the the defenses and and the road games he's been on at New England and at Dallas. Like that's two very very tough spots to to play quarterback in, and like you said, I mean he's the offense has has essentially changed for him. Uh, you know they've opened the playbook up and quote unquote stolen some Lamar Jackson style plays from the Ravens. And what's funny is what game broke the slate in week two? That was Lamar Jackson versus the Miami Dolphins. Lamar threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns and ran for over 100 yards and had a rushing touchdown as well and scored over 40 DK points. So if we're saying this Lamar-style QB is now playing a Lamar-style game and a defense this year has already played Lamar and really, really, really struggled with him, and that QB is now $5,200, $5,300, whatever he is, and you know he's going to have designed rushes. He's run for, like you said, over 60 yards in the last three games with two, two of them over 80. He has a hundred plus yard rushing upside and you absolutely compare him with Darnell Mooney, who is for what it's likely because these prices came out before the trade happened, if I had to guess, but uh, Darnell Mooney is actually cheaper than Trace Claypool. Mooney costs 4,700 Claypool's 4,800. So I agree that the Claypool addition is going to make this bears offense better. And I think it's going to open up things for Mooney uh, as well. So if you play Fields, it's very, very easy to run it run it back. You just play Tyreek on the other side uh, because Jalen Waddell is now priced way up, and, and he's been insanely efficient from a touchdown standpoint. It's like Waddell's been getting all the touchdowns, but he, Tyreek's been getting all the yards. So when, when Tyreek eventually gets a couple of the touchdowns, Waddell's going to have a, a dud game. So 
I, I think Tyreek has, has room to improve off of the 35, 40 DK points that he's been seeing. Like he legit has 50 DK point upside. So I think if you're playing fields, Tyreek is the run back and you absolutely can just pair one guy with fields because you're playing fields for rushing upside as well. So Darnell Mooney at 4,700 doesn't kill your roster. And he absolutely has hundred yard and touchdown upside as well. So I really, really, really think I'm going to end up on a Fields Mooney uh, Tyreek Hill stack this week. Absolutely love that. Uh, can't, uh, yeah, no arguments here for me. Um, Last, I do want to hit on Justin Herbert, who's seventy two hundred dollars. Like they have the Chargers this week um, have the third highest uh, implied point total yep. for this slate, and yep. uh, it's been bet up, opened up at a forty seven and a half, so it's already up to forty nine and a half for this uh, for this game. Now it is a little tricky because. It doesn't sound like Keenan Allen's going to play. We know Mike Williams is going to play. And so he's not going to have his full complement of, of weapons. There was also, but- just so I want to chime in on the availability too, there was also a tweet uh, that Matthew Barry retweeted today uh, from one of the, the LA beat writers uh, that they're not so sure that Josh Palmer is going to be cleared for Sunday either. And I know he's been practicing in full, but the the beat writer was kind of skeptical. She was like, I wouldn't be 100% sure that Palmer's going to be suited up to play on Sunday. So they they could very well be without their top three wide receivers. It would seem difficult to me because he's practiced in full uh, since yep. Wednesday. So Wednesday and Thursday. Then I Monday. think he plays, but it's just it was just weird to me that, you know, Matthew Barry did this segment on how Josh Palmer's a lock and you have to play him in season long this week. Uh, and then that beat reporter responded to him. Um, I can pull up the tweet really quick. I'll quote it word for word. Well, either, either way, obviously you can still play Austin Eckler, who is just just yep. destroying right now. Yep. As you know, the last two games has ten receptions and twelve receptions. Receptions, respectfully, he's on pace to break the single season record for receptions in a year. He's averaging seven point six receptions um, on the season, eight point seven targets, which is obviously first among all running backs. He has 357 receiving yards. It's also first um, on the year. And so he's just been insane. He's finally seeing the touchdowns. That was kind of what was hurting him early in the season. But he scored two or more touchdowns in three of his last four games played as well. And this could just be another game that Austin Eckler sees a ton of targets. Now, if you want to get you know exposure to Justin Herbert through Austin Eckler, something you definitely could look at doing. Yep. But No, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think you can even play Eckler. And Eckler's the reason I don't want to play Josh Allen. Eckler and Tyreek Hill, those, and even Justin Jefferson. But um, those, those guys are the reason I don't want to play Josh Allen because I want to play these position players that cost the same price as Allen. And I think you can get really good upside at the QB position for cheap. But um, you can also play one of these super cheap tight ends or even DeAndre Carter with Eckler and get your Herbert exposure that way. And that way, you're, you know, Herbert can still have a good game and not be you know, worthy of, of – op- yeah, not be optimal at $7,200. Um, so here's the tweet. So it's uh, Lindsay Theory. So, so she's a uh, she's an ESPN reporter for the LA teams. And so she responded, no guarantee Josh Palmer will play. He's cleared cu- concussion protocol. But when Brandon Staley was asked if he will be, if he will absolutely be available, he said, I'm not willing to say that. So I don't know if that's just coach speak saying, you know, maybe not wanting the opposing team to be able to, to just scheme for Palmer. But I mean, Palmer's, not even really been a guy that's not a game changing player anyways. So I don't know why he would be coy about that. Um, so I think I just thought that was interesting and something to definitely pay attention to. 
Yeah, it feels like more uh, you know coach speak because I mean they're they're not in a position to really play around here and, and uh, keep losing football games unless they want to miss the playoffs again. Um, I think they're four and two, four and three. Four I, mean, and I don't three. know if they have the bodies to to not play him if he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, I will say this: I am shocked that they weren't a team that was uh, active for a wide receiver at the trade deadline, considering you know all the money they spent on their defense and having Justin Herbert at quarterback with Mike Williams. You knew going into the bye that that Mike Williams was going to be out for a long period of time, and they had to have known that Keenan Allen had some sort of setback. Like, I am shocked that they didn't try to add somebody. Like, it didn't have to be a superstar. Yeah, it could have been you know and just another piece to go along here uh, to help them and to help Justin Herbert, but they didn't. So. Um, all I think all, we could see. I think we could see a ton of t- two tight end sets for them. This well, yeah, week. I mean Gerald Everett, I think is uh, also another option. Parham's back. Yeah, and the Fal- the Falcons are, have been really bad uh, against, like I said, uh, opposing um, quarterbacks. They they allow the fourth most uh, DK points to the position. They've allowed the most passing yards on the season, and it's not really close. They've allowed twenty five hundred passing yards already, uh, and the Steeler uh, the next closest is the Steelers, which is at twenty three hundred. So, I mean, they have been really bad through the air against opposing quarterbacks. So, I think, you know, that uh, Justin Herbert is in play. Nobody's going to play him whatsoever, especially because, like we talked about, that, um, you know, with, with, with him missing all or, a lot of these pieces. So, I, I think that is a spot you could go to as well, Justin Herbert at $7,200. But I agree there's a lot of these other running backs who want to play. So, um, I think that's where I'm coming in at for me this week. It's going to be paying down at a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields type kind of like we talked about. I think I'll probably have a little bit of Aaron Rodgers because I'm not going to just completely uh, avoid this, especially going against Detroit. And then uh, up from there, if I'm going to pay all, if I'm going to pay up, I like Justin Herbert as a sneaky stack as well. And then obviously Josh Allen to play. I, you know, I, we don't need to go into that, why he's a great play. Yep. So I agree. Let's go ahead and jump over to the running back position and kind of keep this thing moving here. Uh, up top, we have Austin Eckler. Surprise, surprise. He's $8,800. The next closest to him is $7,800 Dalvin Cook. Then you have Jonathan Taylor, who is uh, very questionable at $7,700. Aaron Jones, $7,400. Josh Jacobs, Leonard Fournette at $6,600. And then Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne at $6,300. Ramondre Swift at $6,200. Kenneth Walker, Raheem Mostert, and then David Montgomery and Deonta Foreman wrap up the 6K group. Like we already talked about, Aaron Jones is going to carry heavy, heavy ownership this week against Detroit. And then Travis Etienne is also going to uh, be very heavily owned uh, at $6,300 just because he's too cheap for the production he's been giving uh, over the last couple of weeks. The only thing with him is that I would, I wish he would get more, um, more, more opportunity in the passing game. He's seeing a little bit of targets, but I mean, Really, over the what the last four games, he's seen 15 targets, which is okay. But like, I would like to see a little bit more from him, especially for somebody that caught so many balls in college. But that's about the only part of his game that he's not really seeing as much as that I would like to see. But still, it's really hard to ignore this matchup and at his price. Yeah, I agree. I, like I said, I'm just playing Travis Etienne, and part of it is because there's nobody really below him that I want to play. Um, I mean, he's at 6,300. Uh, and there's not a ton of guys that are in solid matchups. Uh, I guess you could say Mostert's fine at 6,100, but I mean, I feel like his ceiling is is 20, whereas Etienne's got like a 35 point ceiling because um, we know Etienne has monster big big play potential. We've seen it already. I don't want to play a James Connor or you know Benjamin led backfield. I mean, we don't, those guys are going to split carries if Connor plays, and even if Connor plays, we don't even know how healthy he is. There's just no real good value this week at running back. So I think, honestly, I'm not going to get cute. I think 
Eckler, I mean, Eckler had 16 targets two weeks ago and 12 targets last week. So it's just really hard to not play him on an offense that has no wide receivers and facing a defense that can't stop anybody. I mean, Deontay Foreman scored, broke the slate last week. So it's, I mean, it's like, why can't Eckler do the exact same, exact same thing? And I'm expecting him to as well. So um, I really like Eckler. Aaron Jones, you can absolutely play him as well. I know he's going to be very, very popular, but he has turned into the engine of that Packers offense. Um, he's definitely in play. 7,400 is a little pricey. Um, I will say, though, if, if you are playing the Trevor Lawrence team that we talked about, Josh Jacobs is an incredible pivot uh, as a runback option off of Aaron Jones at the, pretty much the same exact price. Uh, we've seen Josh Jacobs smash uh, multiple weeks heading into last week and they just put up a complete dud against New Orleans, but I don't think they do that. I don't think they put up a complete dud against Jacksonville. So um, in a game, that if, if you're stacking that game up, it makes way more sense to play uh, Jacobs in a, in a game stack with that, as opposed to running a chalky Aaron Jones. So I really like Josh Jacobs and, and Aaron Jones. And I think my builds are going to start with ETN and Eckler. I mean, I, I got nothing to come back with that. I mean, yeah, I, Hundred uh, percent. I think they're definitely in play, you know. And what we've seen, you know, we we, we talk about chalk a lot, right? Like they're trying to, uh, you know, avoid chalk and stuff like that in certain situations. But man, playing the chalk this year has uh, absolutely been the uh, been the thing to do uh, so far this year. Yeah, I just I think the field as a whole is just getting sharper with all the the content there is nowadays. It's like there's there's nobody that comes in under five percent that you look at and you say, you know that guy could absolutely smash and I feel good about it. It's like, if anybody's really, really worth playing, they're going to be at least in the five to 10% range. Um, I mean, like AJ Brown last week broke the slate. He was 8%. Like that's, those are the kinds of guys you want to get at, at quote unquote lower ownership. And I mean, 8% is not real low. I mean, it's low for AJ Brown. Um, and Camaro was 12%. So like, if you were just going to fade Camaro because he was like projected as the sixth highest on running back or whatever, um, or go underweight the field. I mean, you you lost your ass because he broke the slate. So at the end of the day, you got to have the guys that score the points. And I mean, the field's just getting very good at, at projecting who those guys are going to be. So like you said, I mean, it's not always about, um, or at least this year, it's not as much about just fading guys because they're popular. I mean, if, they, if they're going to smash, they're going to smash. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's been, been pretty much either you played the chalk if you, and if you didn't, uh, just take it on the next week and learn your lesson from there because every single week it's just, it just continues to, to hit. Um, yep. I, I think as far as some different running backs that, you know, you could probably take a look at here. Um, that's interesting. Like if you want to play pay down, like I think there is a couple guys that like Dion Jackson, it sounds like John, Jonathan Taylor may not play this week. He hasn't practiced yet so far the first two games and Dion Jackson's only $5,200. They just traded away Naheem Hines. And he's definitely their pass catching threat because when Naheem Hines was out before when they played Jacksonville, he saw 10 targets in that game, 10 receptions, 79 yards, also had 12 carries, 42 yards. Wasn't great on the ground, but I mean, he could see a lot of targets in this game. And he's only $5,200. They are playing New England, but I mean, New England's defense, their run defense is good. It's not as good as I think people think that it is. Their their main thing is they they've done a very good job of, of keeping teams out of the end zone or opposing running backs out of the end zone, but so I do think that if you want to if you want to get a little bit different, I think Deion Jackson 
at $5,200, I think would be a spot you could look at because it doesn't sound like Jonathan Taylor is going to play this week, at least so far. I mean, he is, has two uh, straight games of not, of not practicing. And then Tyler Algier also as well. He's 5400 The Chargers have been really bad against opposing running backs this year. Uh, on the season, they ranked 23rd in rush DVOA. They've allowed the second most fantasy or the second most DK points to running backs. They've also allowed the sixth most rushing yards and the fifth most touchdowns. So even if because uh, Cordell Patterson is looking like he could possibly return in this game uh, this week, he was designated to return. So it's possible they could activate him. But even if they do, I still would expect because we've seen Tyler Algier, even when Cordell Patterson was there, still get 10 plus carries. And so I think it's still possible to think that he could see, you know, 15, 16 carries in this game. And we kind of talked about it, but uh, this, uh, the way this spread has kind of come down, the Chargers opened up at seven point, seven and a half point favorites. It's dropped all the way down to three uh, as of recording this right now. So there's a lot of money coming in on the rate on the, on the Falcons right now. We know the Falcons are going to run the ball. They don't give a shit about what we think about, you know, Drake London or Kyle Pitts or utilizing those guys. They're just going to keep smashing the rock all game, and they don't really care. And so Tyler Algier, I think, is also a spot you could look at at $5,400, even if uh, Cordero Patterson returns. Because I don't think Cordero Patterson would return and, you know, he's going to get 20 touches or anything like that. It's not going to happen. And so I think Tyler Algier is also another spot you could go to. He's $5,400 if you're wanting to pay down at running back this week. I think those two guys are kind of the two guys that I think you can take a look at. Yeah, if if Zach Moss is inactive, I'll definitely have heavy interest in Jackson because uh, we've seen Jackson has a legit ceiling with his pass-catching upside. So, um, But if Zach Moss is playing, then I'd be concerned that he's going to get involved uh, enough to, you know, not make Jackson optimal. Yeah. And I think from there, like, I, I, I don't know. Like I was on it last week. Obviously I think a lot of people were with Raheem Mostert wanted to play him against the lions and he did not come through. Uh, he's, he's actually more expensive than he was last week. He was 5,900. Uh, and now this week he's 6,100, but Chicago has been really bad. I guess running backs as well this year. Um, he's still, and so uh, Chicago is 28th in rush DVOA. They've allowed the second most rushing yards, the fourth most rushing touchdowns, and the fourth most DK points to running backs. Uh, not to mention the fact that they just lost um, uh, Roquan Smith, uh, their, their linebacker there as well, to be a trade. So that is going to be even more of a depleted uh, run defense as well. The problem is, is that Raheem Mostert has been, he's been okay. Like, I mean, he's had some good weeks, but at $6,100, I just feel like, why do that if you could pay 63 It feels like Raheem Mostert last week when Tony Pollard was on the slate, right? Yep. I mean, Tony Pollard, I think, yep. was 6100 and then Raheem Oster was 5,900. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just made more sense just to pay the extra couple hundred bucks to get up to Pollard. And I, I kind of feel the same way with Mostert this week. Great matchup, elite matchup for him. But I just don't know if you're going to be able to trust him to get there. Yeah, I just – like what's most Mostert's ceiling? Because, I mean, he's not really going to ever run for 100-plus yards, right? Just because of how much the, uh, the Dolphins like to throw the ball. Well, I think it's going to be a matter on game script. Like I, we, I will say last week, the the Dolphins got a or got down really early in that game. It was twenty one to seven, like right before you knew it, and so they really couldn't run the ball as much as they probably wanted to. Only had fourteen carries, but um, you know he he has one game this year. Where he has over hundred rushing yards, and that was against the Jets in week five. Yeah, and they got obliterated in that game, which is weird. 
Yeah, but I mean, he does have two games this year where he scored 20-plus DK points, 22 again in that Week 5 game, and then Week 7 he scored 20.9 against Pittsburgh. Now, he also uh, saw uh, some pass-catching work. That's the most he's really seen all year. He saw five targets. Other than that, he's more of a two- or three-target type guy. Like I said, great matchup, but I just don't know if it really makes a, a lot of sense to actually play him or not. I agree. I, I just think his ceiling doesn't match up with the other guys, especially ETN uh, that are priced around him. So, I mean, I'd rather play. I think Walker has a bigger ceiling. Walker, we know, can go for 100 yards and multiple scores. Um, I mean, Arizona has been an oak, like a middle of the road matchup for running backs. I'd rather I'd play Walker before I played Mostert, I think. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. I'm out on Mostert. I'm just going to play Tyreek from that game on the Dolphin side. And then I guess to talk about it, because uh, Raheem, or Raheem, uh, Ramondre Stevenson is also still in that price rate, $6,200. I don't know why they don't price him up any higher. Like, he's been the same for the last four weeks in a row. He was 6K against Cleveland, 6,300 against Chicago, and 6,400 last week. And somehow his price dropped this week to 6,200. I know Damian Harris is back, but Damian Harris has been back now for the last couple of games. And... I don't know. Like he's seeing so much, so many targets. He's seen over the last three games, five, eight, and seven targets over the last. Uh, he's seen carries 19, 11, and 16. And the, the goal line opportunities are there for him as well. And he's only $6,200. Like I don't know why DraftKings doesn't price him up more. And this is a matchup against Indy. Like Indy, like you're not worried about Indy, you know, getting up and like really, you know, really pushing pace on this team. Indy's going to want to do the same thing. They're going to want to run the ball and be conservative because they have Sam Ellinger at quarterback. And so Ramondre Stevenson is hard to get away from too at $6,200, especially with his pass catching usage. He's seeing all the dump off work, you know, from, from this backfield. So yeah. he's seeing like a James White type role in terms of the pass catching usage, but he's also seeing the carries that James White never saw. Yeah, I agree. You can absolutely play Ramondre. And then I, I guess, so what are your thoughts on, uh, I guess I want to say just Joe Mixon, just because of how cheap he is. He's only $6,500. I mean, this is, typically a running back that we see in the, you know, the mid seven K range. Do you have any, any, any interest in him at all or no? No, he's been, I know his volume has been insane. He's just been so inefficient. Like he, all his efficiency metrics are like near the bottom of the league and everything. And it's like, it'd be one thing if, you know, the efficiency metrics were saying, okay, he's still a decent running back. Um, and, and this volume can lead to something, but the fact that, you know, he catches a pass and, goes three yards and then just gets tackled by one guy in the, in the open field. It's like, he's not, he's not ever going to break a slate. I don't think, I mean, he's going to have to fall into three touchdowns for it to be a had to have it score at 6,500. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm out on mix. And I, I think, you know, we know ETN can, can house two, six, two sixty yard carries in one game and can catch passes and, uh, Kenneth Walker can, can go for a hundred yards and multiple scores and Ramondre Stevenson can, you know, catch seven passes and, and score twice. And there's just so many more guys around uh, that price range that, I mean, Mixon's going to be fine to get you, you know, 15 to 18, but I mean, we're really looking for a 30 ish, uh, 25 to 30. And I just think the other guys are, are more likely to get you there. Yeah. I mean, just to echo what you said, I mean, so far in the year, Joe Mixon is 50th in yards created per touch. Uh, and he's also 56th in breakaway run rate, which is carries of 15-plus yards. He only has one uh, on the year. Yeah. His true yards per carry is 3.3. Uh, it, it just... His efficiency fell off a cliff from last year to this year. 
He's, he's been terrible as a runner. Now, I will yeah. say he's second in routes run on the year, and he's second in route participation and seventh in target. Volume's not the issue. Fixed. It's it's just his, he's just washed is what it looks like. Well, they're, and they're, their offensive line, like you mentioned, has not been uh, – yeah. with all the money they spent in this offensive line this offseason to repair it mm-hmm. and turn around, it has not been great so far. But they're, they're middle of the road in adjusted line yards. They're 17th in adjusted line yards, but they're 25th in power rank, 31st in second level rank, and 32nd in open field rank. So, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, I think that's kind of the running backs that I wanted to – that I really wanted to hit on. Obviously, I think the, the main ones are going to be Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Travis Etienne. Um, and I, I know you like Josh Jacobs. And then for me, it's going to be Ramondre Stevenson. And then um, I like Deion Jackson if he's out this week, if Jonathan Taylor misses this week because of his pass catching usage and Naheem Hines being gone. Yep. All right. So let's go ahead and hit on some of the wide receivers. Uh, we have Cooper Cup, who's $8,900. And then Justin Jefferson at 8600 Tyreek at eighty five, Stefan Diggs at 8400 Devontae Adams at eighty one. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins at 7,900, Jalen Waddell, T. Higgins, Mike Evan wrap up the 7K. And then the 6K range, you have Gabe Davis, Michael Pittman, Amon Ross St. Brown, Keenan Allen, who seems to be very, very questionable, has not practiced yet this week, DK Metcalf, Tyler Boyd, Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Alan Lazard, who is also questionable at this uh, time of recording this. So, uh, wide receiver, what are we doing this week? Yeah, so like I mentioned, I, I think Tyreek Hill is is the best wide receiver play on the slate. Um, and this, I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep using this, uh, you know, kind of approach and, and it's, it's been working. We called the Eckler blow up game and now we called the, the Camara blow up game. And what if I told you, I don't, I don't think that Tyreek Hill has hit a ceiling yet this year. Um, he has two touchdowns on the year. They both came in the same game, which was the Baltimore game. And he, okay. So that was probably his ceiling game. So 11 catches, 190 yards and two touchdowns. He scored 45 DK points. So that's absolutely his ceiling game. So now we look at these other games, 34 DK points, zero touchdowns, 32 DK points, zero touchdowns, 29 DK points, zero touchdowns, 18 DK points, zero touchdowns. If we throw in, you know, one or two touchdowns into those games, I mean, you're looking at a 40 to 46, uh, 38 to 44, a 34 to 40, and a 24 to 30 score. So if, t- if the t- touchdowns start going Tyreek Hill's way, uh, his $8,500 price tag looks minuscule compared to the production you're getting. So uh, in Chicago, we just saw Dallas just absolutely obliterate them last week, partially because uh, they just traded away all their good good defenders. They lost Quinn before the Dallas game, and then now they just traded away Roquan Smith. So their two main defensive guys are now out. Uh, and, and Chicago is going to, I think, become a team that's just going to end up giving up a lot of points for the rest of the year. So, uh, I really like Tyreek Hill in this spot and we know that it's Tyreek and Waddle on the offense and sometimes Jasicki and really nobody else. Uh, and sometimes Mostert, but, um, yeah, so 8,500 for the best wide receiver in the league right now. Absolutely love that for a guy that hasn't been scoring touchdowns, but absolutely can score touchdowns. So. Uh, outside of him, Justin Jefferson's 8,600 against a very abysmal Washington defense. And this is Kirk Cousins returning to Washington to play his old former team. Um, it's just, I just don't see how Washington guards Justin Jefferson. Uh, and thinks he, I think he can go for easily 150 in a couple scores uh, in this game. So I think he would be the other guy that I would pay way up for. Uh, and it's weird to not pay 
$300 more for Cooper cup, but with Cooper cups, ankle injury, uh, I just think that, you know, maybe he loses a little bit of his, his route running effectiveness and, uh, maybe he doesn't play all the snaps. So we'll, we'll have to see what Cooper cup looks like, but I just think also as well, playing on the road in Tampa, that's not for a, an offense in LA that hasn't scored a ton of points this year. Uh, they've just looked bad. I actually like Tampa Bay's defense uh, in this game. So, um, I'm going to play Jefferson and and Tyreek over cup this week, uh, sliding down the list. I really like the guys that are in like the six K to five K range. I mean, Amon Ra's 6.6. That feels too cheap for a guy that can easily go for 25 to 30 DK points. Uh, Chris Godwin is 6.2 K, uh, in an, like playing for Tampa Bay against the Rams that, you know, Tampa Bay's looked abysmal this year and they need to get right. And, you know, Brady knows that they need to get right. And it's just going to be a team effort. And I think, you know, Brady's going to look for his main guys over and over again. And and I think it's going to be Godwin, uh, who's likely to see double digit targets here. He's got 11, 13 and 12 over his last three. So he's finally healthy. Another guy that has not scored a touchdown this year is Chris Godwin. He's got zero, uh, on the year, but you know, the volume is there. The opportunity's there. He, we know Chris Godwin can go for a hundred yards. So hundred yards, two scores is not out of the question for him. Uh, at 6,200. Absolutely love that. I already mentioned the Jags receivers. Christian Kirk is 5,500 for a guy who's going to see, you know, probably seven to 10 targets against a bad Las Vegas defense. I already mentioned the other two guys that are the secondary pieces that you could pair with Lawrence if you want. That's Marvin Jones uh, and Zay Jones. They're 4,200 and 4,100 respectively. So very cheap for all of the Jags receivers given their roles. Um Sliding down the list even further, we mentioned, or I mentioned Darnell Mooney already, a guy that's seeing, you know, probably not going to see double digit targets here. He does have a game where he saw 12, but um, I mean, if the Chicago Chicago defense isn't going to show up uh, like last week, then I mean, he kind of has to be involved. Um, But I mean, in a game that they trailed and lost by 20 points last week, he only saw five targets, but at 4,700 for a guy that, could see, you know, eight targets here. He definitely has the ability and, and has the downfield role to go over 100 yards on his limited target volume, and he can score a touchdown. So Mooney absolutely can hit 100 yards in a touchdown in this matchup um, against a man-heavy D- Dolphins team. And like I already said, you know, the Ravens crushed Miami earlier in the year, and the Bears are starting to run a very similar offense to what the Ravens are trying to run. So um, I think Mooney is – I think his, his risk is baked into his price at 4,700. I, you know, if he was 55 to six K, I would say, no, I'm out. But on a slate where we don't really have a ton of value that can, you know, break the slate. I think Mooney is one of the guys that, that can get us there. So, uh, I really like him. And then, uh, the chargers guys, if we get news that, uh, Josh Palmer's in, he is only 5,100 against the worst pass defense in the NFL against opposing wide receivers. So, uh, Josh Palmer would become probably uh, would be somebody I'd heavily consider to play on any team that I have. Um, and simply, you know, every every opposing passing attack is is crushing the Falcons right now. So uh, if Palmer plays, definitely have interest in him. If not, uh, you kind of have to have interest in DeAndre Carter and and you know even the men price guys that are going to get be thrust into roles, but. Uh, I think if Palmer's out, I probably just end up playing one of Everett or, or Parham, honestly. So uh, we'll talk about tight ends here in a second, but that's mainly, I'm sure you've got some other cheaper wide receivers that I've uh, not touched on yet, but 
those are the main guys that, you know, really stick out to me this week. So up top, like I agree with, uh, like I said, Tyreek is, Tyreek's always in play, though. I mean, with his, with his ability, I will say, like, matchup-wise, it isn't the best. I mean, the Bears have actually done a really good job. Uh, they actually allow the third-fewest DK points on the season. They've only allowed four receiving touchdowns on the year. But uh, it's Tyreek. Tyreek can beat any defense. It doesn't really matter. Um, but I do think Devontae Adams, I think, is an interesting option this week. He's the cheaper of the group. He's only 8,100. Save a little bit of salary, a, a slight bit of salary anyways. But if you look at him, he's seventh in target share on the year. Um, he has uh, He's averaging almost 10 targets per game in this offense. Now, last week, obviously, was about as bad as you could get for him. Um, I wonder if, you know, we haven't heard a lot of this, but, uh, like, I wonder if he has, like, has, has it been weird to you that we, like, nobody's had COVID this year? Like, nobody? I, I, I'm I starting to wonder if maybe he had COVID. And I'm not saying, like, some sort of conspiracy theorist. Like I, like, I don't really care. But I don't think they're really reporting it anymore, and these guys aren't missing time with it. I wonder if that's what he had. Uh, but regardless of that, it doesn't really matter. I know he was sick. But the, he is one of the guys that has 30-point upside here. It's a good matchup against the Jaguars. Something that he can certainly beat here. $8,100. Uh, I do like getting to him if you're wanting to pay up at wide receiver. T. Higgins is always going to make sense with Jamar Chase out. Uh, the corner, the, Though the, the Panthers do have a set of good corners there. But T. Higgins uh, would be in play at $7,300. But, uh, you know, going down a little bit here. Um, I do agree uh, with your uh, other call, your Chris Godwin talk, but I think Alan Lazard at six at six K, he's a, he got an unlimited participation today. Uh, you know, we talked about it. This Detroit uh, matchup is fantastic. Detroit is just as bad against the opposing wide receivers that they are on the run. They have the fourth most uh, DK points to opposing wide receivers on the season. So I think whether it's Alan Lazar, Romeo Dobbs, I think one of these guys is going to have a really good game. So I do like getting getting to this. Even if you don't want to stack it up, I think just getting uh, you know a smaller piece or maybe even running a mini stack with this game where you go with like a Lazard or a Romeo Dobbs or a Tanyan, and then if you want to run it back with an Amara St. Brown, we didn't even talk about that TJ Hawkinson was traded. So that's going to open up even more opportunities for Amara St. Brown now that you have you know TJ Hawkinson in Minnesota. And so uh, that's just going to kind of free up, especially out of the slot for Amara St. Brown, who hasn't really been the guy he was earlier in the year. But I think this could free some things up, even though he did see 10 targets last week. I think you could expect easily uh, more than that here in this game. Uh, from the slots, uh, I think he's going to probably avoid like Jair Alexander and stuff like that because you know he runs mainly in the slot. So Amon Ross St. Brown at sixty six hundred dollars. This was a guy earlier in the year. You know he, we were paying a little bit more money uh, for him. Uh, he got up to what seventy six hundred dollars, and now he's back down to sixty six. Uh, another guy, Ty, Terry McLaurin, is a guy that I really like this week going against Minnesota. Minnesota allows the fifth most fa- uh, DK points. Two opposing uh, wide receivers, and we've seen now Taylor Heineke starting uh, starting a wide uh, quarterback here. He, uh, Terry McLaurin has seen 16 targets over the last two games, and he started to come alive a little bit. 18.3, 19.6 each of the last two games, um, and he's only 5,900 dollars. That is that is that is too cheap for the upside that he provides. And so I think Terry McLaurin is actually a really good play here. Again, if you want to run like a little mini stack here with McLaurin uh, and uh, Justin Jefferson, I think. That is certainly in play if you're not wanting to stack up Kirk Cousins like that. But uh, $5,900, Terry McLaurin, incredibly too cheap for him. Um, I, I just think that uh, he can easily out, out, he can beat that price. And then from there, uh, if you're wanting to pay down at wide receiver, maybe Allen Robinson could be an interesting play, especially if Kirk, uh, Cooper Cup is going to be you know uh, not 
100% with his ankle injury. He's still only 5K. We're starting to see a little bit more action here for Allen Robinson. Didn't find the end zone, but he has seen you know six and seven targets, respectively, each of the last two games. So Allen Robinson at 5K, uh, he is in play this week. I completely agree with you on the Darnell Mooney call. Uh, DeAndre Carter down here at forty three hundred dollars, especially with all with all the players they're going to be missing if both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are out. Even if Joshua Palmer plays, DeAndre Carter uh, is going to see more more targets here in this offense. And then if you're uh, Cleve Raymond, that's the other guy that I want to mention here. Uh, he has you know quietly started to put up uh, some numbers as well. He's uh, fourteen point five and ten point six. He's only four. He's only four K. Uh, four targets last week, six and seven uh, each of the two weeks prior to that. So he's starting to see targets, and he's only 4K. Again, we mentioned TJ Hawkinson is out. I don't think DJ Chark is going to play. Jameson Williams is anywhere close to returning. So Khalif Raymond at 4K. And then the other one would be Terrace Marshall, who's $3,900. I actually played Terrace Marshall last week because I'm sick, but he's, he was only 3500 last week. I knew it was a good matchup. He's the number two wide receiver now, really the number two target in this offense with DJ Moore. With, with when you have Christian McCaffrey who's traded, so there's just not a whole lot else for them to throw the ball to, and he's still only thirty nine hundred dollars this week in this matchup against Cincinnati. And I'm not really all that concerned with being able to throw against Cincinnati. Like they're they're okay, like their defense, but there's nothing like oh man, we can't, I don't want to play you know wide receivers against that defense. So uh, Terrace Marshall is another guy at thirty nine hundred dollars. Saw nine targets last week. Saw multiple red zone end zone targets as well. So kind of the big body wide receiver that could see a lot of targets inside the red zone. So I do like Terrace Marshall as well at $3,900 if you're wanting to get different at wide receiver. I will say I like the uh, the Raymond call because uh, Josh Reynolds hasn't been practicing either. I think you mentioned that. but um, So they they could be very shorthanded at wide receiver. I mean, it's going to be Amon Ra and Reynolds. Or I mean Raymond. Uh, so, yeah, I like that. He's only 4K. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com try. Go to shopify.com try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com try. Yeah, and I think past that, like really paying down uh, at this level, uh, there's not a whole lot. Whole Do you lot know anything them. about the Chargers receivers that would play if Palmer was out? Like Bandy and who's this other guy? Jones or something? I mean, I don't. 
Jason Moore. Yeah, I mean, I think you're looking at DeAndre Carter, and I think you'd be looking at, you know, I, I think Palmer plays. But if he doesn't, I mean, you're looking at DeAndre Carter. And then I know Bandy's a guy they tried to work in a little bit here. Um, what, I, I guess Jason Moore, I guess last week seven, saw yeah. two targets in that game for five Yeah, I think I, I would just play Parham at 2,600 before I played one of those 3K wide receivers. Yeah, because I mean, nobody else here – Actually, is he even still? I don't even know if Joe Reed still. Remember him last year? He kind of he kind of popped off. I do remember him. I don't know if he's on the roster or not. I, I don't even know if he's still him. on the roster or not. Or he I think go. Palmer plays personally. Yeah, I, I think he does too. I, I, I think I, it's going to be Palmer and Carter with t- some twelve personnel. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, other than that, at wide receiver, I think I pretty much, or between the two of us, hit on everybody that I really wanted to really want to focus on anyways. Um, yeah. Um, I think those are the spots that I want to get to. Is there anybody else you want to hit on? No, I'm good. Uh, I think we move to tight end. All right, let's go ahead and move it over to tight end. Keep this thing moving here up top. You have Zach Ertz at $5,100. TJ Hawkinson uh, now on the Vikings at 5k. Uh, you have Darren Waller who is 4,900 who got in a limited practice. Maybe he returns this week. Then you have Gerald Everett. At $4,800, who could be in for a massive target share. $4,500, Kyle Pitts, Gesicki's 4K, and then you have the, the lower-level guys. The first guy that I really want to uh, just mention really quickly is Evan Ingram, who is incredibly too cheap at $3,300. I'm not the biggest Evan Ingram guy heading into the season and season along. He was not a guy that I was excited about. Of course, I was excited about Dan the man, Dan Ariards, Arnold. But it hasn't come to fruition. Evan Ingram, though, six targets last week, seven targets the week before that, six targets and 10 targets over his last five games. He's seen a ridiculous amount of targets in this offense. He's only $3,300. Really good matchup against uh, against this Raider team that we've already talked about. So if you're wanting to stack Trevor Lawrence, he's another guy that you can definitely put in there. And, and he's seeing a lot of targets right now. So um, I definitely have some interest in him as well. Yeah, Evan Ingram's probably going to be – I mean, he's the first tight end that I went to plug in. And if you're playing Lawrence, you absolutely play Ingram with him. Um, and then it, it, outside of Ingram, it's the the two Chargers guys for me, Everett up top and Parham down low. Very straightforward tight end position for me this week. Those are the only three guys that I have interest in. No interest in the, you know, the uh, tight end bowl with Seattle and Arizona, <laughs> the, the two teams that are just dreadful against tight ends. No. Where- uh, I think I'm just going to save the salary at the tight end position. Tight end has been just so bad this year. And I mean, Ertz is going to get you, you know, 10 to 13 points. But um, I mean, even the games that he's caught touchdowns, he's only he's only hitting, you know, 13 DK points. So it's like he's paying 5,100 for a guy who's not going to burn me for not playing him. I'm, I'm good. I'll save the money. Um, I think Everett's a guy that could could, you know, out, outpace Ertz if he scores a touchdown. I mean, we've seen him get up to 17, and he's got a game of 13 uh, without a touchdown. So uh, Everett could flirt with 20 DK points. So I'd rather just play Everett. Um, and then Parham, 2,600. He's very, very cheap. And, you know, he scored eight DK points the other last game that he played. Um, that was without a touchdown as well. So he, you know, at 2,600 could get you 15 if he scores. Um, so, yeah. And Ingram, we know Ingram can – he has 10-target upside. Uh, we saw that a couple games ago, but he's more likely to see, you know, the six to seven-target range. And uh, he finally caught a touchdown last week and scored 15. So 
getting 15 from a tight, a cheap tight end this week seems very, very optimal. I just don't see anybody that's going to score 25 plus, uh, like a typical Andrews or Kelsey line would we would see, or even Kittle. Yeah, I, mean, I think there are a few other uh, plays here that that we could we could take a look at. Uh, I will say if Fant doesn't play, Disley does become interesting from the tight end bowl, but it sounds like Fant's practicing. So, yeah, I mean, I th- yeah, I, he's uh, got unlimited participation uh, so far this week. Um, like I mentioned, actually, I was looking at it over the last four games. Evan Ingram has the most targets among all tight ends. Um, so that's 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 wild. Obviously, Travis Kelsey uh, would be on top of this list because he's only played in three. He had his bye. Evan Ingram had it. But um, also, I think Robert Tanyan, we kind of hit on him. I think he is certainly a uh, direction you could look at at $3,800. Detroit struggles against opposing tight ends. Hayden Hurst is another, uh, I think, option here in terms of just looking for somebody who's getting volume, especially with Jamar Chase out. Because uh, he is actually seventh uh, over the last four games in, t- in total targets. He's seen 21 targets over the last four games. He's running a lot of routes. So I think uh, Hayden Hurst at $3,600, I think, is also uh, another tight end that I think we could take a For look sure. at. And then, like I mentioned, Evan Ingram uh, would be the guys that I'd be looking at outside of the obvious, like Gerald Everett uh, this week. I'm not like – and I don't know. I think people are going to want to jam in Zach Hurts. But and I think he's all right. He's an, he's an okay option at $5,100. but um, you know, since we've seen DeAndre Hopkins come back, his targets have fallen. Now, we've still seen five and four, which is okay. But the only reason he really got there last week is because he found the end zone, which is obviously always in play. But he does not seeing the same type of targets because before that, before DeAndre Hopkins, it was, uh, in terms of targets, it was 11, 10, 6, 10, and 10. Uh, now DeAndre Hopkins comes back. That has fallen dramatically down to four and five over the last two games. So, um, I know he's only $5,100, but I just would rather pay down for these, some of these other pass catchers here, some of their e- options that are, that are that are much cheaper than they are. So um, that's all I got at tight end, unless there's another uh, off-the-wall tight end that you want did to talk about. You, did you mention the the Detroit guy? Walido brought him up in chat, and I, I, I didn't know if you, you mentioned him with Hawkinson being traded, the Brock Wright guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm out on that. I mean, I, you can pay you know $100 more for Parham, and you can pay $800 more for Ingram, and you know pay 1k more for Hurst. So it's like I'll just play one of those guys instead and find that you know that little bit of salary elsewhere. Let me see something here. I just gotta look at one. That's hilarious. So I want to I want to look up who these guys were, um, who their tight ends were, because obviously I'm not uh, up on who the little Lions second and third string tight ends are. <laughs> And so I went. I went and looked up. Uh, the first guy that came up to me was James Mitchell. He's uh, twenty five hundred dollars as well. And then I, the, I was looking at player profiler, and his best comparable is actually Brock Wright. <laughs> <laughs> Spider Man gif. Yeah. So, but it's funny because Brock Wright's best comparable is Hayden Hurst. I don't know. Um, I'm not. I think I don't know. Nah, I'm not. I, I mean, listen. I remember Hayden Hurst being frustrating as hell as well. Okay. And so I know Hayden Nurse probably is a little bit more expensive, or not Hayden Nurse, but TJ Hawkinson. But uh, if I can't play TJ Hawkinson and feel comfortable with it, I'm not fucking playing Brock Wright, okay? Yeah. So, I mean, they still have to score you points, right? Like, even though he's 2,500, like, you still probably want 15 from him. I just don't see – I don't see a path that he gets there. Though I guess I will say week seven against Dallas, he did have four targets, four catches for 57 yards. Yeah, whatever. If you want to do it, fine. I'm not going to talk you out of it. It's, it's tight end, but yeah. I'm not going to be like going out of my way to get Brock, lock Brock right into my lineups. No. 
Me either. Uh, let's go ahead and jump over to uh, defense then. And um, who are you going with? Who are you looking at this week? I don't mind the Seahawks at 2,500. They've actually been one of the best defenses in the NFL over the last couple of weeks. Uh, they're getting after the quarterback. They've got 14 sacks in the last three games. Uh, and we know Kyler Murray can definitely turn, you know, turn the ball over. And, and you know, the Arizona offense hasn't been great this year. I know they, they look a little bit better with Hopkins back. But uh, the those NFC West games tend to always play a little bit, you know, gross and, and physical. So I, I like the Seahawks at 2,500. I know they're on the road and definitely being at home is way more ideal for them. But um, they're interesting. And then just for a little bit more th- at 3K, I like Tampa Bay. Uh, the Rams have been, you know, an, an offense to, to target our defense against all year, really. I mean, they rank, they've given up the most DK points. Uh, the Rams offense has two opposing defenses. So um, Tampa Bay is definitely a defense that can, you know, cause some issues. And I know we haven't really seen it over the last few weeks, but uh, they definitely can still get after the quarterback. They have 25 sacks on the year. So uh, definitely one of the, the better pass rushes down in the in the cheap range and and is not really a matchup. They're playing at home as well. I'd be a little more concerned if they were in L.A., but playing in Tampa, making L.A. go west to east for early kickoff. Uh, it actually might not be early kickoff. It might still be a 4 o'clock game, but that's still early for L.A. because they play uh, – you know, they still have to travel and and, you know, do all that extra stuff and – um, I, I like Tampa Bay. So those are probably the two defenses I'll end up with. I don't, I don't really see a need to to pay up for anybody. I don't mind the Colts at $2,700 against the Patriots. Mac Jones struggled a lot this year. Um, I don't, their defense is, I think, uh, good enough to be able to put up a decent number. So $2,700 Colts. Seahawks, I get they're $2,500 and you're right. You know, you look at this, um, uh, shout out Matthew Betts. Uh, I think he's with uh, fantasy footballers. Anyways, he posted the other day, uh, the Seahawks are over the last three games are second in yards per play, first in uh, total d- uh, defensive DVOA, fifth in scoring defense, second in EPA per play, and seventh in pass rate over or uh, pressure rate, excuse me, over the last se- uh, last three games. But the, my problem with that is, is that they haven't played anybody. Like you know, right, I mean, they, right? But one of those three three games is the team they're playing now again. True, but the thing that I will mention in that is one, it was at home, and it two, was at home. Yep, it was without DeAndre Hopkins, and so this this Seahawks or this Cardinal offense has looked much better with DeAndre Hopkins back and uh, and out there. So I think it's just my counter argument is: can you sell me on some of these? Can you sell me on a different cheap defense other than Seattle? That that would be. They're the defense that's cheap that I feel the best about. What about the commanders? Like, I know their secondary isn't great, but I think they could Ugh. be getting Chase Young back this week. They have pass rushers. It doesn't take a lot, right? We're not talking about them coming out there and just crushing and having to put up a 20-burger. Like, I think it's possible that they could, uh, you know, get sacked, create turnovers here. You know, I think if Chase Young does return this week, you know, to, to another uh, added guy to the pass catching group here or the, the options here at $2,400, you could do that. And maybe the Jets. No, I'm not. We're not doing that against Buffalo. I am not playing the Jets against <laughs> Buffalo. The Jets totally. are a good defense, but I'm not playing them against Buffalo. Yeah, that was, that was totally thing. But, I mean, even Atlanta, $2,800. I mean, you know, if if the Chargers do struggle, they're, they're, I mean, let's, be fa- let's face it, their offense has been terrible prior to this game. Um, uh, or prior if, I to was, the bye. if I was going dumpster diving, I would just play Carolina probably. 
I mean, Cincinnati, Cincinnati. looked they looked awful without Jamar Chase last game. Awful. Or even Detroit at twenty six hundred dollars. You know, Green Bay has struggled as well, right? I mean, I think there's there's some avenues here uh, for sure. But yeah, but I also think everybody's going to play Seattle too. Yeah, if everybody plays Seattle, I, I will not play Seattle. I'll probably just pay a little more for Tampa. Or if I have to have a twenty five hundred or less defense, I'll probably just maybe play Carolina. I I just like I think Tampa at home is sharp and with if if what if i mean if cup's not fully healthy i mean i assume he plays sounds like he's gonna play but like if he's limited at all i mean he is their offense like they've struggled all year even with him being healthy so it's like i don't know it just feels like tampa's in a good spot here let's uh let's build this lineup just under an hour and we're building the lineup uh it's a good time good time so uh go ahead and start it off no, you you pick the QB between you pick between Lawrence and Fields. That'll that'll because that's gonna that's literally gonna determine the rest of the build. Justin Fields. Okay. Uh, let's go Tyreek. Let's save a little sour, but we're gonna go Darnell Mooney at forty seven hundred. All right. Etn. We're just gonna play the chalk. We're gonna go Aaron Jones. Okay. Which is fine because we're already different enough with Justin Fields. Let's mini stack him with Khalif Raymond. Okay, and then defense. I guess we'll, we'll plug in Seattle for you. Um, so we've got fifty six fifty for tight end and flex. We can can we go Eckler? Oh, we can do Eckler and Min Price, or we can go we can go Eckler and Parham and drop the Seahawks down. Do we go Brock Wright? Do we? Do we t- after just shitting all over it, we could. I mean, we're playing Aaron Jones with with Raymond. We could also just go Justin Jefferson over Eckler, but I kind—I don't know—I kind of like Eckler over Jefferson. So I can just drop him just so we have that flexibility and go Eckler tight end. You go to old Brock Wright call, who is apparently. Wait a second, he's in concussion protocol. God damn you, Walido. Is he really? Brock Wright, yeah. Was, but he was limited at Thursday's practice, but that's not a great sign. No, if he's not practicing in full, he could be – he might – he could miss. I guess we'll have to see because if he's full practice, if he's full go. Uh, but then again, we have his uh, his mini-me that we could play. <laughs> yeah, his comparable. But if you did that, then that we could still – my point was is that we could go Travis Etienne there in the flex – and then we'd have no money left, but we could fit it. We could go Fields, Aaron Jones, Eckler, Tyree, Darnell Mooney, Khalif Raymond, Brock Wright, and Travis Etienne with Seahawks D. Yeah, the other option is play Parham and drop Seahawks to either the – you could play the Commanders or the Panthers. I'd rather just go that route, be different with the defense, and, and play uh, a somewhat decent tight end. And you still got two Chargers against Atlanta. You got a mini stack for Green Bay, Detroit, and your your main stack is Miami, Chicago. It's a very correlated team. ETN's your only one off. Yeah, I don't mind that actually. Okay, we're gonna lock that in. We're gonna go Fields, Aaron Jones, Eckler, Tyreek, Darnell Mooney, Khalif Raymond, Donald Parham, Travis ETN, and the Commanders D. I just locked that son of a bitch in. I like that a lot. That's for, honestly, that's going to be very similar to what my main team looks like. I'm sure I'll have some different pieces, but 
I think the I really like the Fields Fields Mooney Tyreek starting point. Yeah, and I think if you wanted to change things up a little bit, if you're not comfortable playing Darnold Parham, you could probably drop from Aaron Jones a little bit. Maybe find one of the 6K wide receivers or 6K running backs like a Ramondre Stevenson or something like that. Yeah, that could free you up some money to really get a little bit different tight end and put yeah. somebody else in there. So I just think I just know the the Chargers just they love using multiple tight ends and with all their wide receiver injuries, I just think the tight ends are going to see more run than they normally do in an offense that they usually see run in. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, Walido thoughts on this lineup fields, Walker, ETN, Mooney, Tyreek, Jefferson, Brock, Wright, McLaurin, Jets, D mini stack with JJ McLaurin stack, stack up bears game with fields, Mooney, Tyreek, $0 left. I like that a lot too. I do as well. I'm just checking something. McLaurin's 59. What is what's Curtis Samuel? 52. If you could do something different with the $700, I don't mind going Curtis Samuel over McLaurin too. But McLaurin is he's Heineke's main guy. So I if you're playing Justin Jefferson, I think it makes total sense to have McLaurin on the other side. Like because they're they're likely pushing each other in a game. Jefferson has 150 in multiple scores. I mean, McLaurin's got to be doing something on the other side to keep that up. So, yeah, I like it. I mean, I hate, obviously hate playing Jets D against Buffalo, but we always say, you know, if if you've got a team you like and there's the last defense available is the only defense you can play, just play it. And it's a divisional game. So, I mean, sometimes these games get a little... Jets uh, D is good. Like, yeah. they're they're not typical Jets D, so... And I, I, I am kind of interested to see how, like, Sauce Gardner is going to do against Stephon Diggs. Um. I mean, Buffalo only scored 19 points against Miami. Another divisional game, so it's in it's in New York, right? It's not in Buffalo. It's in yeah, it's in uh, New York. Yeah, so I'm I'm cool. I'm cool with it. And they're going to be like less than one percent. So yeah, they'll be <laughs> yeah. Ain't nobody playing them. It feels kind of like a little bit like the Saints. I think last week were where they scored 19 and nobody played them. They were 0. 0.7, I think 0.7 percent yeah. or 0.3 percent. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's the NFL, man. Uh, Houston covered tonight, so. <laughs> I know. I know. I Yep. Anything can happen. I know. All day today. We were talking about it before we got on. All day today, it was nothing but the Eagles are just going to absolutely annihilate. I think I saw somebody post that the, the, the Eagles defense should be viewed as like an RB1 this week. I'm like, shut up. Like, it's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and then look what yeah. happened. Like. I mean, yeah. the, the the Texans didn't like smash or anything, but they still put up seventeen, scored a couple touchdowns. I mean, they were they had some they, drives, yeah, and they had a couple. I mean, they didn't. They Davis Mills threw a, he just threw an interception in the red zone there to end the game, pretty much. Yeah, so anything can happen. So yeah, yeah that, that, that's why we shouldn't be worried about playing these 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 some of these defenses because people put too, a little bit too much thought into it. Like, oh, I can't play them because they're playing this team. Like, no, anything can happen. Pick six, and you're right there. Let's get yep. twenty two, twenty three hundred dollars. You're right there. I mean, Josh Allen, he can, he can get crazy. He can he runs around with the ball loose. I mean, all it takes is him to get tackled and spun around and the ball falls out of his hand, and now you got a fumble return for a touchdown. I mean, anything can happen. That's why we always say, you know, play the guys that you can predict uh, easier, and that's the position player guys, and then just plug in the defense with whatever you think is best from there. So go with it. Yeah. So anyways, Walido, appreciate you uh, rock with us as always. Appreciate the super chat. I do appreciate that. But uh, 
Hope everybody has a good week nine. If you are not already, be sure to jump into our uh, our Discord. It is absolutely free. Um, you can find it in the you know, if you listen to this on podcast, I, I I always put it in the description there for the podcast. So for that episode, so you can jump in there. It's free. Like I said, um, no strings attached. Click the link, boom, you're in. So um, that being said, I hope everybody has a good week nine. Let's win some money this weekend uh, because you know uh, we're getting closer and closer to our favorite uh, time of the year. Right, uh, Thanksgiving slate, followed by the Christmas Day slate that also has three games on it. So, see, look, Christmas is just dunking on Thanksgiving this year because now they have three games as well. <laughs> yep. So, anyways, let's get out of here. Everybody have a good, like I said, everybody have a good weekend. We'll catch you guys on the next one for week ten. Yeah. You can tell me what to do. Know who you're talking to? Well, you better get used to the way the war bounces. I see what you got, inventions and ounces. But that's a break, boy. You're a big man <laughs> I'll treat you like you're a little man Tell me what to do You know who you're talking to you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.